What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Glory, glory! Put them together for Tuesday on B&E, 2 May. Busy week, a lot going on. We've got NBA playoffs. Got uh, Later in the week, we'll have to get into this uh, Dallas Stars match with the now Seattle Kraken. I know Ty will be geeked out about the hockey because uh, how about the Stars, Buck? They don't have to play the Colorado Avalanche, the defending champs. Nice. When a, when a big upset happens, you got to take advantage got of that. Cracking. If, you, if, you, if you're you know, if you're in the Eastern Conference now, Milwaukee's been knocked off. It feels like it's wide open, and the opportunity is there. Same thing over in the West with uh, the defending champs out. The Kraken took them down. So now the Dallas Stars will face them in the next round. So we got a lot: playoff hockey, playoff basketball, baseball. For sure, with the Longhorns, and uh, couldn't finish that that sweep yesterday. They did get Tanner Witt back. We'll talk about that coming up in our headlines. Also coming up, Buck, busy hour. In addition to gossip and your blitz and a Craig Way report, we're going to talk to Kirk Godby. Kirk Godby, he is uh, you know the leader of that "Don't Tell My Wife" stables that we hear Craig Flowers talk about all the time. And their horse confidence game. He's in Louisville, Kentucky, Buck Churchill Downs. Kirk is there, and they had the uh, draw for the post positions yesterday. Um, then, of course, confidence game was picked, uh, drew, drew the four gate coming out on Saturday. Forte. Coming out of the old four hole. Forte, Buck, is the current morning line favorite in Churchill Downs at three to one. They drove, that drew the 15 hole. So we'll talk to Kirk Godby. What a great story it is. Uh, we've heard it from Craig a lot that the uh, former TCU baseball players in large measure got together and started investing in horses. 15 years ago or so, and now here they are with a, with a horse at the the biggest race in the world that has a chance in the field of 20. So uh, we will check with Kirk. Remember and, last year, an 80 to 1 shot won. I forgot about that. Do you remember that? that 80. Was 80 to 1 shot won the Kentucky Derby. You, uh, I want to get back to normal Kentucky Derbies, but except for this year. I, I would like for this horse to go ahead while I put some coin on it, but. Are we going to ever get back to the three to ones, five to ones? I mean, we've had some long shots. We've had horses disqualified. Horses die. Horses die every day. <laughs> well, uh, it, but you know, it's such a cool story, and we'll check. check the it with story Kurt. is awesome. Yeah, we got to figure out. Uh, what did you say about this horse for a few years ago? Confidence game. Oh, I mean, it's been. What they mean, pay for it? Twenty-five G's. Twenty-five. No, Twenty-five thousand dollars. It's the cheapest horse in the field. By a lot. Up, by we'll a lot. Kirk about by that, a bunch. how different it is. But they actually, you know, 20 to 1 to maybe win this race on Saturday. All you, all you can ask for is an opportunity to earn your way there. And Confidence Game has. We'll talk if a little. He, and if he wins, can you just imagine? Oh, man. Per Nunley, per, per Nunley it's worth about 150000 per. Be glad I'm a friend of Craig Flowers. Yes. And our guest at 830, Kirk Godby. Also coming up at 810 in about five minutes, we're going to talk to our buddy Jerry Hamilton inside Texas. Uh, how stunned was he, or was he stunned, when the uh, Ron Holland news came down on Friday that he is reopening his commitment, no longer committed to the University of Texas at the basketball side of things, and what Rodney Terry is going to do about it. We'll talk about that coming up with Jerry Hamilton. First, though, the headlines, trending topics to start your Tuesday. 
Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. And Longhorns uh, baseball couldn't close out a sweep against TCU yesterday. Didn't get enough pitching. They dropped the series finale 15-7, to fell behind big early, and couldn't turn it around. Uh, Longhorns did get some good news, though. Didn't go exactly as planned, but they did see the return of Tanner Witt. Uh, to to the mound. First time since last February that he climbed the hill in a competitive game. Underwent Tommy John surgery last March. He started the game, pitched two-thirds of an inning through 23 pitches, allowed two hits, walked a batter, and then had to hand it over to Heston Toll in the first inning. He was charged with three runs, uh, but according to head coach David Pierce, this is all a process. Definitely adrenaline was going, of course, and just felt like he's probably moving away from the rubber a little bit and stood up, down, he's kind of running to the plate, which causes you to kind of drag your arm. But, I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get when you're in a, a situation like that. So, like I told the team going into the game in our uh, pregame meeting, it, Tanner Wood is such a great teammate that, you know, they were 100% behind him on this deal, and we'll continue it. we got to help him as he can potentially help us down the road. Major League Baseball, speaking of injuries and arm injuries, Houston Astros beat San Francisco 7-3 to last night in the first game of that three-game set with the Giants at Minute Maid Park. But real concerns now in Houston in that clubhouse. The second straight game, a starting pitcher had to leave the game with an injury. Last night it was Luis Garcia, their right-hander. He lasted just eight pitches before signaling the team trainers that something wasn't right. He was experiencing discomfort in his right elbow. He was taken out of the game. He wanted to go further evaluation today. His departure comes one day after fellow right-hander uh, Jose Urquidy exited Sunday's win over the Phillies with a shoulder issue. He was placed on the injured list yesterday. Round Rock and the Rangers had the night off. The Rangers opened up a series with Arizona tonight in Arlington. Expresser in Reno. NBA playoffs last night. How about in the Western Conference? Denver Nuggets, top seed. Now two games up on the Phoenix Suns. Nikola Jokic took, uh, scored 39, pulled down 16 boards, lead the Nuggets to a 97-87 win over the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker and uh, Kevin Durant combined scored 35 points and 24 respectively, but they missed a whopping 32 shots on the night, including 14 three-pointers as the Nuggets take control of that series. In the East last night, it was a surprise party in Boston. Philadelphia 76ers playing without the injured Joel Embiid rose up, find a huge night from James Harden to take down the Celtics in Game 1, 119-115. Harden matched his playoff career high with 45. He was great all night, including a go-ahead go step-back three-pointer over Al Horford with under 10 seconds left. Tyrese Maxey added 26 points. Tobias Harris had 18. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Come see one of the many reasons your mama loves us this month by getting select Toro and Hustler zero-turn mowers for up to 26% off. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Thank you to Brandon Mars over there at Top Gun because he's giving me a pole saw. You think anybody wants a pole saw this year, E? Could have used that last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, chainsaw and, and, and the whole works. I always appreciate that. And to my good friends down at Dripping Springs, Allen over at Tractor Supply, thank you so very much. Over the last three or four years, Chris and, and Allen have been just magnificent. You know, of course, your good buddy over at Callahan's, uh, Charlie. Charlie Wilson. They're going to have Charlie Wilson's going to have something for me uh, for the Mullet Open. And McBride's, of course, they've been with me for 21 of the 22 years, McBride's. Awesome. That's coming Thank up. Thank everybody. Uh, mini, mullet there, on, uh, mini, mu- mini mullet on Thursday and then the big tournament on Friday. Looking yes. forward to being out there on Friday. Lots of fun. It's all about the prizes, isn't it, E? I know. It's, no, it's all about the kids, but it's about the, about the prizes. It's about the golf. Guys like stuff. I mean, why do guys like stuff? I mean, I get, I get hammered about stuff. You know, I can't have anything in my regular garage. You know, like, I have a, I have a small garage. I like a tidy garage. Myself. Okay, I like a tidy garage. Where a little bit two frustrated currently because remember we had that wedding back in November and I still got a bunch of stuff in my garage. That, stuff still in there? Yes. I, I'll get to it. We'll get. Oh, is that spring it. cleaning? Oh, spring's gone. About summer's about to hit us. Okay. Well, I'm about to <laughs> do it this weekend. You know what I'm saying? 
but yes, no, guys like stuff. And guys, you know, one thing, you know, guys will sometimes buy stuff, but guys don't get stuff that often. Guys don't like to shop. You know, in general, most guys, Buck, don't like to shop that much. No, I don't like presents because I always say, you don't have to give me a present because I'm going to get what I want. You know what I'm saying? You'll go purchase what you need. Abs- absolutely. We're purchasers. Yes, we're, we're absolutely. You and I don't go shopping. Shoppers, We no. go purchase. I already know what I'm getting when I go to the store. I don't go to browse like Ty. I'm not going to the to the hey. white mall over there and walk around. No. I know I'm, exactly what I'm going for. I'm a day of guy. I usually if I if I ever buy anything, I'm usually sitting right here and I get an idea in my head and it's way too expensive and I and I still go buy it. But like you said, I don't ask for presents. Well either. the worst thing and most people out there would know this that uh now that that credit card is attached to the Amazon account, oh, oh god. And it's so simple, this is a problem. Let me just say that's a problem. That thing rolls up to my house at least on average <laughs> twice a day. Well, what do we order now? And I realize it's just a touch of a button, and all of a sudden you're ordering books, stuff, and clothes. So people don't go shoes. People won't go to the to the mall to get a bookie anymore. Like they go to the bookstore, they just order on Amazon, right? Well, it's funny because, like, I'll even mention to my wife, I'll be like, "You know what I need? I really need to go get one of the X, Y, or Z." Next thing you know, it just shows up. She jumps on. Oh, I, I okay. ordered it for you. I'm like, oh, is my that a God. Feel, is that a good feeling for that? There I must guess. be some feeling they get well, she, that I'm that I'm not giving or something. It's it's. <laughs> you know what I mean? With that shopping feeling. Yeah, that shopping, that good old shopping feeling. Yeah, man, it's uh, fingertips. Wow. Hey, uh, so we'll get to Kurt Godby coming up bottom of the hour. Gossip and Blitz coming right now. Let's go to the Vaqueros Hotline. Very familiar voice and a good friend of the show from inside Texas and on three sports. Our buddy Jerry Hamilton on the Vaqueros Hotline. Hello, Jerry. Hey, guys. How's it going, man? Good, Jerry. Hey, uh, take us back to Friday and the Ron Holland announcement. How, how, your level of surprise or shock, or what was the adjective for you when you saw that come down? I, I'll, I'll say, you know, you hear things, um, heard things for a while. Uh, you know, Ron's always talked about the G League, right? Always. When he was a sophomore in high school. So nothing surprises me anymore, I would say. Um, the timing of it probably was a surprise. Um, but, uh, you know, look, it's, it's, it's a long discussion. We only have a few minutes, but uh, there's a lot that comes with recruiting five-star basketball players. With the, with the pro threat, um, the NIL, the agent world kind of running all this right now, um, and there's a lot to unpack with this one more than any one scenario. I'll say that. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, and you know, gosh, I, we've been doing this show so long, Jerry, that I remember back when, when the one-and-done rule was implemented and you know, it was done by the NBA where they put the age limit at 19 and created this one-and-done concept that's now going away, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's moving away. Uh, the new collective bargaining agreement in the NBA has been signed and ratified, so you know, there won't be an age limit. So you know, moving forward, players can go straight to the pros or straight to the G League. But back when they instituted, they didn't really have the G League developed, so that really wasn't an option. But we talked about it. I always talked about it in this regard. You know, in baseball, in college baseball and hockey, they have minor league systems where they develop players. So if you're an 18 year old kid yeah. out of high school, you can decide: Do I want to go, you know, work my way through a minor league system, or do I want to go play college baseball or, or hockey? And now basketball is kind of caught up with that. And it, it seems to me that, you know, Rodney Terry and college basketball coaches are going to have to take the, the mindset of a college baseball coach. And, you know, do you recruit the, the three and the four stars, maybe not the five star, because they may never show up on your campus? That, I think it's a great point, that. And then if you sign one of those guys 
who has all that leverage. And I'm not taking anything away from the kids, right? They're very talented. But the leverage, especially due to the agent world being involved in college sports, legitimately involved. In the day and age of all these experienced portal-made basketball teams, there's less freshmen playing heavy minutes right away at a lot of places. Now, there are certain situations like in Arkansas or Duke where they leaned on their inexperience last year. But here's the reality. Those teams lost by 20, right? So you're seeing freshmen play less and less big minutes. Teams that are going to the portal every year getting experienced players. So that's kind of the tough thing right now. I think some college coaches are having to navigate um, throughout college basketball is these guys rank top 10 who have agents who have all the leverage and they're going to leverage G league. They're going to leverage everything uh, overseas, whatever it is within the NIL world. And then they come with the expectations of, okay, these guys have to play 25, 30 minutes a game else. They're out of here. That's a tough deal when you bring, when you also have experienced players around them there's very few scenarios where maybe it's one freshman that comes in but if you're talking about two freshmen with lofty expectations of playing time and they walk into an experienced team it's very rare that those guys are going to actually play as much and be as happy as they thought they were going to be because that's where the portals change college basketball i mean you know you it's just going to be interesting moving forward to see how these coaches juggle all this uh, because you have to stay experienced to compete. Um, I, I think the formula is recruiting those kids ranked 40 to 90, having those kids two or three years as they develop. They don't come in with those unrealistic expectations, and then you stay experienced around it. That's what I believe the future of college basketball is. I could be wrong. You know, Jerry, it's the, the tough part is when you if when you get kids and, and you lose them to other, other places. Money, I... Uh, I, I can't tell anybody not to go make money. I, that's just hard to do. Right. Exactly. You, know, you, you can't exactly. say, don't go make, I don't care if it's $75,000 for the next year. It's hard to say, no, you shouldn't do that. No, come to my, come to my university. But that's, that's the hard one for me. When, when a kid leaves someplace to go to another university, that's called recruiting. And you got to stay on top of that. And I know they got everybody in their ear. I mean, they go home for a vacation. They're off for a couple of weeks. They go home for three days. And next, you got everybody, every relative, every agent, everybody in their mama's ear, in their uncle's ear. And that changes things. I, I feel it's just hard to lose a kid to another school more so than anything. But you also have to watch the, 100%. Pro- the the promises that you make to them, these freshmen that come in. When you have all these, as you say, all these other veteran players coming out of the portal, you make a promise to a, a, a kid and, 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 well, I don't call it, well, maybe not promises, but you start talking about this is how much playing time we expect you to get. This is how talented we think you are. And a kid gets to a place and it doesn't happen. He doesn't play in as many minutes. And now once again, he goes back home, somebody talks to him, and they're telling him, well, you know, they, they wouldn't do this to you at this place or that place. It's just, it's a never-ending battle, and the recruiting never stops. It, it just doesn't. No, it- yeah, yeah, and that's kind of my point is that's where I think, Buck, uh, that's where I think these college guys have a decision to make moving forward as coaches. Mm-hmm. How many of those kids with those expectations right away do you want to have on your roster every year? I think you can handle one. I think once it gets past one, it's iffy if you're really – On a basketball team, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. On a basketball team. And, and football and basketball are totally different. This is a, only a basketball conversation, right? Football still a developmental sport. 
Basketball, while it's a developmental sport, it's not seen as a developmental sport when you're ranked in the top 10, 15, right. 20 by the agents, the people around these kids. That's the, that's the hard thing in college basketball right now because you have to be experienced to win. Um, especially at the highest level, right? I mean, it, it, everybody's talking about UConn. Look how UConn constructed that team. They had their four high school guys were all none of them were even though Hawkins is going to be a first rounder. A couple of guys could be first rounders. They were all ranked forty to like eighty in the country. Those guys are all two and three year players for them. And then you put the experience around it. Those kids didn't come in expecting to play 30 minutes and I'm out of here after 30 games and I'll go to classes if I feel like it in my one year here. Those are totally different players. I think that's what's going to be interesting to see where coaches go in the future of the college game because the agents have so much power right now. You can threaten G League, you can threaten overseas, uh, and, and it's all, you know, then there's a, the NIL grab for the agents. I'm not talking about the players. The players should get paid. But all the things going into basketball right now in college basketball game that weren't there prior is different for these guys. It's well said with the UConn example. Yep. And, and that draws me back to the baseball side. Because I remember when you know baseball had to make the decision to even recruit this top-end pitcher to come to Texas knowing that he's very well going to get drafted into Major League Baseball and he's going to get a big signing bonus and we'll never see him. So we need to go down the list of the pitchers in the state and those kind of things. Basketball is going to have to go the same way, more developmental at the young end and then stay experienced through the portal at the top. With that in mind, uh, Jerry, and I think it's great, uh, great points from Jerry Hamilton at uh, Inside Texas and On3 Sports. How does Rodney Terry deal with this now both of his high school signees have moved on uh, or at least you know AJ Johnson has moved on to go play in Australia uh, and now Ron Holland has reopened his commitment how do you think the Holland thing plays out and then what's the uh, next step for for the Texas program well a Texas program they have a uh, Zarika Nyimna big man from UTEP on campus for a portal transfer on campus right now for his official visit Rodney Terry actually signed him at UTEP coming out of high school he was just at Vanderbilt. Jerry Stackhouse is really pushing for commitment. Uh, if, if Rodney and those guys can staff Frank Hafe and uh, Brandon Chappelle, Steve McLean, Augie, if they can get those guys, if they can get him in the draft, their interior is pretty much set now. I mean, that's you know, you get Shedder, Disu, and Yanyimna, you're arguably better than you were last year on the interior, and you definitely are defensively in rim protection, right? Um, then it comes down to how you fill in those guard spots. And there's a kid, Kendall Weaver, UT Arlington transfer, who I love coming out of Mansfield Timberview. I mean, I think he is. I don't. If I say this and he goes to Texas, Texas fans will run with it, but he has a lot of the same DNA that Jabari Rice had. But this kid's an explosive athlete. He was the whack freshman of the year, um, was very lightly recruited. He was on campus at A&M. He's going to Tech, and he's going to go to Texas. That could be another guard they get. I, I think you're really going to see portal heavy. I'm not ruling out a high school prospect. You never know what could happen. I mean, you know, these schools load, load up on a portal, and a high school kid may say, you know what, I'm second-guessing this, I'm out of here. You know, so yeah. it can work. that stuff works both ways now. So you just have to be open to all possibilities. Uh, how Ron Holland's going to play out, I don't know on that. I, I, I don't have the answer right now. You know, G League's always been an option. The people around Ron have always told him that's not the best option for him. He's a young kid for a senior class. All the people that are close to him really think a year in college is what he needs from just a life maturity, brand-building standpoint. Um, you know, obviously Arkansas has given it a, a strong run. And I think anybody that's followed uh, 
Anthony Black at Duncanville in Arkansas expects Arkansas to give it a strong run. Texas is still talking to Holland in the circle. We'll see what happens. Texas isn't walking away. They aren't giving up. We'll see where it goes. I, I kind of like Arkansas if, of, of another college. I can see the G League route. I just don't think that's where the people around him think is best for him. Uh, Jerry, how about Archie Morris? How about him? I, I just had this feeling this this year, and there were body language times where I could just feel that kid feeling Correct. like he needed to have more minutes. I'm not saying somebody promised him anything, but he wasn't happy with the minutes. When Hunter was not playing well, it didn't look like he he had enough playing time to, co- to continue to develop himself. Now, when he got in there, I thought he was okay, and I thought he was going to get better, and I thought the following year he was going to be that guy that was really gonna was going to really help out the Longhorns, but... It looks like he's decided to go elsewhere, and that's the one, if you lose to another school, that's the one that really, really hurts. Potentially. I mean, if if the people close to him will actually let him develop. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the key. I mean, it's what we were talking about earlier. I mean, all these kids have to run their own race. And right. the people around these kids cannot force development. It has to come on a – it's different times – Keontae George was way ahead of Arterio Morris as an offensive basketball player. He was better with the ball in hand. He was a more consistent shooter. He had more of an NBA offensive game. You know, Arterio's coming in as a came into college as a guy who wanted to be a point guard that saw himself as John Morant that wasn't John Morant. He's a combo guard, even off the ball player until he really tightens up his handle and develops in the half court. He was a fast-paced basketball player. Well, people have to, the people around these kids, man, they have to have some patience with them. Um, and, and that was my really the, my thing with Ontario. I thought the Texas staff did a really, a really good job with him. Uh, but it goes back to what you said, people in these kids' ear constantly. Yes. Constantly. If you can't block out the noise, if you don't run your own race, uh, your race could get – you could stumble and fall. And – you know, Arterio, he's, he's at Kansas. I believe he wanted to go to DePaul, but he actually ended up at Kansas, which is interesting to me. And we'll see how he does. Because, look, he's going into a situation again where they got good guards. I mean, it's not, it's not like he's going into a situation where he's walking in guaranteed to play 30 minutes at Kansas. That's not happening. If he turns the ball over, if, if he doesn't take that step, Bill Self's not just going to roll him out there for 30 minutes. It doesn't work that way. It's not as easy, is it, is easy to say these days – I want them if they want to come and play for me and play for the university. I, those are the ones i got to have. I mean, I wish it was a little easier than that. It's not that simple. You know, there's, there's just so much work to into moving that. Forward, too many conflicting forces. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and, they, and these aren't, you know, 25, 26-year-old kids. These are young, these are young men. Well, we've talked about it. Arterio Morris came in thinking he'd play more, and then Jabari Rice was recruited late in the process. But he and, developed. He was developing throughout right. the process, well, I That's thought. not what they're looking to do, right? No. That's the problem. Hey, uh, Jerry, we've got to run. We appreciate it, my friend. Great stuff. Uh, get over to Inside yeah, Texas man. and On3 Sports. I know you guys are locking it down over there. Always appreciate I, I, it. I'm sure, y'all been ta- I'm sure y'all been talking about it. And Max Acemus is a huge pickup for Robbie. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Gonna, 420 made threes, 22 points a game. He is going to open the floor up for the Texas offense. Huge get for Texas. Yeah, that was huge. On top of the, well, quick thought on on Shedrick, the big man. Was that a good one? Obviously, anchor the the front line with Dylan DeSue's return and Max Asimus and possibly Tyrese Hunter in the backcourt. I love the Shedrick pickup because he's been really well coached defensively. He's a team defender that can rim protect. He can play up and down more than you think. Obviously, Virginia played a very, very, very slow pace, and I think that's kind of what he wanted to change. 
And I think he's really going to mix in well. He's going to play well with Dsu because Dsu can play facing up and, and can knock down threes. I think Texas is going to have a big front line next year. And the Texas fans that wanted that, they're going to get that now with a guy who can uh, change shots, block shots, and has a pretty high rebound rate per minute's played. I think he's going to have a really good year. And he comes with two years to play, by the way. So that could be really good for Texas down the line. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate Thank you, Jerry. it. Always great insights with Jerry Hamilton. Got it, man. All right, have a good one. There's Jerry Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Mitchell will be the next big decision, and then these other portal players that they're bringing in. But I think that's really good advice. Recruit, you know, 50 to 100 in the recruiting rankings from high school, and then. You know, hit the portal because you're you're going to be competing with the NBA and the G League and other leagues around the world for the top talent coming out of high school basketball. Dude, well, and let me say to see, it is really hard to run your own race. I mean, at that age, it just just is. I mean, these are real live adults around you. You know what I mean? I guess I just don't understand why basketball is different than baseball or hockey. I mean, everybody has those options. I mean, and other sports like it, tennis. I mean, everybody gets to make their own decisions, and um, I, you just have to evolve with the sport as it's evolving. I remember sitting and talking to Augie Garrido so many times about, you know, do we recruit this top-end pitcher? We're never going to see him. Like, we're going to recruit him because we're Texas, but that kid's going to get drafted straight to the pros. I mean, we we, we got to recruit a different level, and I think that's come to basketball now. Well, you got to be ready for the, no, I'm not coming, or no, I'm Or you're just not going to recruit him. You're just, I mean, it's kind of weird. you got to, do I even How can offer? You not, it's too hard to not recruit a five guy. Well, you just you always know? have to understand the obvious that if, well, when, when, when he says the agents are involved, that means a guy like Ron Holland has an agent who's saying, look, my guy will come to Texas, but is he going to play 30 minutes? We need 30 minutes. Well, oh, yeah, there's and, no doubt. And then Rodney Terry saying, well, no, I can't guarantee him 30 minutes. I gotta, I'm got i bringing in the experience. We've got to compete in the Big 12. What if he's not ready to play 30 minutes of ball game? I can't guarantee you that. He's been well, playing then, in high school. Right, yeah. And we're going to have 22, 23-year-old players here and then the agents are like, okay well we'll reopen our recruitment and uh, we'll go you know to the g league okay well that's that's the conundrum you as a coach you get involved in and you just got to control what you can control and recruit the players you think are going to show up on your campus and be here but uh, we'll come back we'll go to churchill downs live kirk godby in charge of that uh, don't tell my wife stables and their horse confidence game we'll get the very latest from churchill coming next it's bucky and aaron All right, being here with you. Appreciate Jerry Hamilton. Good stuff on Lawhorn Hoops. Talking uh, post-NFL draft conversations and NFL power rankings. Who hit it out of the park and who didn't over the weekend. Uh, a little Texas baseball in there as well with the return of Tanner Witt. We'll pick that up coming up with the Craig Way Report. But right now, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline and uh, talk with a man who is in Churchill Downs, living the dream. Uh, it is the Kentucky Derby. The run for the Roses coming up on Saturday. They, they drew post positions yesterday. And Kirk Godby, the managing partner of Don't Tell My Wife Stables, who really got this thing all rolling back in the day, is uh, there with us and uh, appreciate him being with us. Kirk, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Aaron, Bucky, really appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's about 51 degrees here. I'm standing at the rail in front of the uh, owner's uh, suites got horses walking by right in front of me you might be able to hear them yeah you might be able to hear you might be able to hear some of them uh working out and coming by here it's a beautiful day and um we're awfully uh excited how did the draw go yesterday for you i mean uh, your horse confidence game uh drew the four hole the four gate uh the odds favorite is uh you know sitting out of 15 on the outside uh, coming in the morning line favorite uh, forte but uh how did you think that played out for for your team and your chances you know going in i was telling everybody i i didn't think it really mattered 
where we were going to be. Our horse has um, such great natural speed without being urged. I, I felt like he could break it really from any. You definitely don't want want the one hole. Um, but um, as it turned out, um, the four the the post position four is absolutely perfect for us. It just allows him to to get out. Um, you know, he can save some ground and and kind of a little different than what I just said, but. Um, I, I think it sets up really perfect for us. I can tell you, um, you know, I've been to that draw three or four times, and it's, it's a really cool event. And um, they they announced Forte number fifteen. Their their owners pounded their fists on the table. They they did not like that. Yeah, I I wouldn't like to be in that fifteenth guy because that's a long to get to that first turn. That's a long way to go, Kurt. Now with confidence yeah. game uh, in the four hole, I mean the horse will be able to just lay back a little bit too, un- unless. Uh, unless you get you press him early and be in that top six to get to the corner, and, and this is a horse that when I've watched him is, is a strong horse and a really really strong finisher. So you can just kind of ease back and not not lose that position, you know, close to the rail, but lose position enough that the outside horses don't press you into the rail. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. We went to a a really cool fundraiser last night, and they had. Um, you know, four of the, the handicappers and TV analysts and stuff there. And, and um, uh, one of the gentlemen, um, you know, there, there, there's been uh, reports there's not a whole lot of speed in this race, but one of the guys made a really good comment that, you know, these these jockeys are going to have to <laughs> jockey for position. And yep. they, they think it's going to be a, you know, they, they think they're going to come out of the gate and it's going to be a, a fast pace getting to that first turn. So, I think you're right. I think, you know, let James Graham get him out of there and get him in position around the first turn uh, and off the off the lead somewhere up, you know, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh position or something, and hopefully those guys in front burn some energy to get there. Uh, good stuff with Kirk Godby. Now, Kirk, now take us back. I mean, we've heard it from Craig and uh, from the high ground and your friend and former teammate at TCU of how this all began with Don't Tell My Wife Stables. And Craig tells the story. You just called him and, and, and told him you're investing in this. You're going to be a part of it and we're going to have fun with it. Uh, where did your love for this and your interest in doing this really begin and, and how did it all start for you? You know, it, it, my, I, I give all the credit to my father. He... Um, Back when I was a, maybe a junior in high school, he got in on a horse with some guys, and he kind of kind of kept in the game and, you know, claiming horses and stuff. And he ended up with a stakes horse when I was in college. And, um, you know, I'd go see him run, and just the excitement and the, the thrill and the athleticism and the beauty of these animals, just they just really captured me. And, um, you know, I um, got out of school, worked for my dad for a little bit, went to California, um, and failed miserably at a commercial real estate uh, opportunity. And I came back and I wanted to uh, go to work for his, uh, my dad's trainer at Louisiana Downs. And I wanted to learn it from the ground up. So I, had, I obviously had a lot of passion for it. And especially in California, I was going to Santa Anita, Hollywood Park, Del Mar, and get, get to see the big boys run. And, and the first day I was at, you know, working for my dad's trainer, I, I ran into the first day I ran into Keith Asormo. So that's how our relationship started. We became great, great friends. And, um, you know, 30 years later, here we are. So it's, uh, it's been a fun ride. Now, Kurt, is, is, is the industry, the Texas industry, industry starting to build a little bit? California and, of course, Louisiana, I mean, and, and Kentucky in that area. But how is breeding in the state of Texas? How, how, are, the, how are the horse breeders now? I know it's quarter horse. It's you know, like quarter horse heaven. 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, I really, be honest with you, I, I, I really haven't followed it that much because, you know, everything we've been doing, you know, you know, from a horse perspective has been in Kentucky and California. Right. And, and um, you know, I, I, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we uh, luckily we're playing at a higher level. We've got some really nice horses that can run at these bigger tracks. And, you know, all the years, and, you know, I've been to Lone Star Park many times, but we've never run a horse there. It just hadn't had that opportunity um, pop up. So, How much um, fun is it to go to, to a yearling sale? I mean, you've been involved in that now for the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Is that a, is that a great time? Yeah. That's a blast. It is. I've, you know, I, I, I've been around Keith and watched him work these sales many times. And the main thing, you know, is just to kind of stay out of his way. Um, you know, he's he's focused on these athletes coming into the first ring, putting his eyes on them. And, you know, as he, as he said before, you know, he can look at a horse in 15 seconds, be mm. off of him. And it's just he's just got an incredible eye for an athlete that he's looking for and, and you know they walk around for a bit he, if he likes one he kind of stays on him for a while and and it's just it's a lot of fun <clears throat> but it's um you know it could be for him it's grueling but that's what he loves to do yeah it's a grind uh keith desormo of course the brother of kent desormo the uh, many time kentucky derby winning jockey uh, he is the trainer now tell us about the uh, the horse confidence game who's 20 to 1 right now on the morning line uh you guys bought him for twenty five thousand dollars on the advice of, of keith um now this horse has a, has a real chance on saturday uh pretty special story and uh you can give us the, the, our audience the background yeah yeah we uh um, I have to tell you, you know, we were here with Jack in 2018 and obviously glad to be here, excited and all that. And, you know, you hope he, he ran well and he did. I think he would have run better if he had a better trip. But, you know, <clears throat> this year is different. Um, we're all coming into this and I probably have 14 partners here already. Um, we've had a great time the last 24 hours. Um, but it, it, there's we just have this sense of confidence uh, we just, I don't know what it, what it is. It's its a different feeling because we all know we have a legit shot to win this race. And if you look at, um, you know, I, I, I guess Keith and our horses don't really get much respect on the tote board, but which is fine by us. But if you look at the thoroughgraph numbers, he's got the second best thoroughgraph number uh, in this race, but right behind Tappet Trice. So um, the talent's there, the will's there. <clears throat> he's fresh, he's fit. Not worried about this long layoff that everybody keeps talking about. You know, he fired a bullet, 59 flat, um, five furlongs work on Saturday. Um, I saw him yesterday. Um, I'm about to go walk here. I'm walk over to the paddock. He's going to do some paddock school in here at 10:15 Eastern. So he is in. He he's coming into this race fresh and fit. And our intent is to is to run in all three Triple Crown races and see what happens. Now, now, would you tell the folks? Kurt, what what happens when, I mean, I know the tote board, uh, win, place, and show, there's money to be had there. But in a, in a race like the Kentucky Derby, uh, money-wise, eighth-place horse, well, I mean, what is that, what is that payout like if your horse, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't finish in the top three, run, uh, win, place, and show? As far as from a purse standpoint? Yes. Yeah, it's uh... – yeah, I'm trying to think of the conditions of the race. Um, typically, in these stakes races, they pay uh, first through fifth, um, and then there's nothing after that. So, okay, if you don't make if you don't run first to fifth, you know, you just uh, you know enjoy the, the experience, and and um, you know, there's a lot of cost to this travel and everything Absolutely. else that goes on with it. But 
Typically, it's 60% to the winner. It's a $3 million purse, 20 for second, typically 10 or 11 for third, and then like six and four or something like that for fourth and fifth. So, hey, so uh, yeah, you know, it's a, Hey, Kurt, we're excited about it. We're going to check in with you later in the week on Friday, get a little closer to this race and get a good feel, get how the uh, the confidence game has worked out this week. But thanks for the update on post times and post positions and uh, really a cool backstory, which we're getting excited about here on the show. So thanks a lot. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. There's Kurt Godby, the uh, godfather. 59, five furlongs. Well, look, I mean, um, you know, horse racing is – the sport of kings, right? And you're competing against kings and sheiks and billionaires. And, you know, this is a little old stable started by Kurt, as you said, and got his, his buddies involved. And, and they bought a horse for $25,000. And this horse is outperforming horses that were bought for a lot more than that. And now can and you he go? ran for, the Rebel Stakes and won $550,000. Right. He's already won a race. big race, right? Yeah. So that's so if you're asking, if you don't even like horse racing, that's fine. But this is an underdog story. I mean, it is an absolute underdog, you know, stable uh, with I mean, these are not you know billionaires that are running this thing, which you're going to deal with at that level. And you, if you ever drive through the Bluegrass Parkway in, in Kentucky, Buck, up to Churchill Downs, my wife has been there. She's just, been in the gate. I have never been it there. It just smells like money. I mean, the money is unbelievable. Uh, and so that's the game you're competing in. And uh, everybody you know, in all walks of sports will be there Saturday. That's right. And uh, confidence game, as you just heard him say, they think they have a real shot to win this race. I mean, the numbers would tell you. And, you know, racing forums and those things are built on the numbers. And, you know, just like we did with the NFL Combine and with, with the NFL Draft, I mean, his, his times from start to finish are as good as any horse in this mm-hmm. race. And if he runs a good one, his uh, best speed and best run could be good enough to win the, the run for the Roses. So we're excited about it. He's a good friend and a former teammate at TCU of Craig Flowers from the high ground. So we're certainly getting behind this horse and, and going to teach you about it a little bit so you have something to, to root for coming up on Saturday at the run. The fastest, what, two minutes and three minutes in sports? Yep. Is that what they say? We'll be back. Load up the Blitz. That's the worst three minutes in radio. We'll hit that <laughs> on the other side. But we love it anyhow. Four four seven three seven seven six. It's coming right after the Craig Way Report. Where you get that from? Did Tawana tell you that? Did Tawana tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just gossip brought to you by the Icy Cold Bud Lights, the official domestic beer partner of the Texas Longhorns, the Texas Exes, and the Texas OU game. Hey, Buck, do you see this? You know, Brett Yormark is the new commissioner of the Big 12, right? He's a, a visionary guy. Yes, thinking sir. big. He's uh, going on the end of his, getting ready towards the end of his first year, isn't he? Yeah, well, this, uh, this, this July, July will be yeah. year one, and... Uh, how about this? According to, Ro- according to Ross Dellinger, Brett Yormark visited Mexico City last week. Big 12 has been exploring playing basketball and football games in Mexico City and Monterey. Expand the brand. Oh, yeah. That's not where the big stadium is. That's not where the soccer stadium is. Mexico City, they got some big stadiums there. Monterey. Azteca. Azteca Stadium. Cowboys have played there. Yep. Yeah, so expand the brand. Longhorns, of course, headed to the Southeastern Conference. I don't know that the SEC is exploring with Mexico City, but it is the border with Texas, who have so many schools in the Big 12. May make some sense. That's interesting. That's gossip. Hey, can I play something for you, Buck? You know, this uh, this pitch clock thing in Major League Baseball not only can get to the pitcher and the hitter, but sometimes the radio broadcaster. Can I play something from the Phillies game last night? Ooh. Phillies were playing, and uh, the, the kid Kevin Stocker, the uh, – Radio broadcaster trying to promote that there's going to be a Dick Allen bobblehead night coming up at the park. Good old Dick Allen. Oh, Dick Allen. Yeah, yeah here's man. how that went for Kevin Richie Stocker. Allen. <laughs> 
clear a space on your shelf and get ready to bring home a legend when the Phils host the Dodgers on Friday, June 9th at 7.05 p.m. And all fans 15 and over receive a Johnson Controls Dickhead Dick Allen Bobble figurine. Order tickets now at phillies.com. <laughs> Whoops. Well, Whoops goes the weasel. It's Richard Headnight at the ballpark. Oh, Come on goodness. down. Richie Allen. Richie Allen. Old big bat. Dick Allen. Come on, man. Come get your... And I could see... We do radio live for four yes. hours every morning. You get... You're trying to say Dick Allen bobblehead night. I could see that when you're trying to be quick and the pitch clock is... You got to get it back to the play-by-play man. Wow. Old Dick Allen. Hey, uh, got to get Monty Williams in on this one because uh, you... The, the, the Screenwriters Guild of America is going oh, yeah. on strike. Said they were going to. What the heck? I got to get Monty on this. He's a member of that Screenwriters Guild who's our top fill-in whenever you uh, can't be here. And uh, I'm going to have to ask Monty if he's going to jump on the picket line, hold a, hold a sign. Screenwriters Guild, not getting enough benefit. He better get out there and walk that line. <laughs> he walk that. He's got a new knee. That's right. Jurassic walk that Monty line. needs to be out there getting that done, doesn't he? And I think that only stands to reason. Uh, all right, I got to give you this. Don't think we can play this because it's really hard to hear. You got to listen to it. Really interesting. But L.A. Philharmonic, Buck, do you love the orchestra? You know Philharmonic I do. Orchestra? Yes, I do. So the L.A. Philharmonic was performing on Friday. I like Austin Orchestra too. They're fantastic. And someone posted this, but uh, there is a clip that's that's going viral that during Tchaikovsky's Fifth Symphony on Friday night, apparently a woman, whether it was the music or something else, was happening, climaxed. She had like a full body orgasm just from the music or something was happening. They've got it on tape. That happens to me at Guys and Dolls. (laughs) Broadway performance. Really? Yeah. Sorry. She really liked the music or something somebody was or she was doing while the music was playing. Come on, man. Come on, man. Let's hear some of that. No, I don't know. You can't really hear it. I tried listening. I don't want to hear her. Yeah. If we have to. I mean, I'm a big fan of Tchaikovsky's Fifth, too, and who's oh, yeah. not? You say Guys and Dolls got you? Yeah. <laughs> glad you didn't say Magic Mike or Brokeback Mountain, <laughs> your other two faves. <laughs> Pretty glad that didn't happen. Let's go to the Blitz. Happens for me at Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Bucky and E. Blitz. The Morning Blitz, brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck. The half under factory warranty in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. It's rock and roll. First Blitzer, you're up. Oh, my God. The celebrity owning the NFL team. I would love Bill O'Reilly to own the Cowboys and the women of the view own the Washington Redskins. Let them get it on. Nice. Thank you very Bill much. O'Reilly. Bill, Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Brien? Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Next Blitzer, you're up. Coach. Yes. Did I hear he correctly say that the reason why we don't hear Tavo anymore is because he went with the Big 12 commissioner down in Mexico and they didn't let him back? <laughs> oh, no. Next Blitzer. Got stuck. Next Blitzer, you're up. Hey, Bucky. Yes, sir. Is Shaberant going to toss the opening coin like he did that night in um, Sunday night game against um, Race in Texas? Oh, goodness. You had to bring that back Shea up. Shay Marins. Yeah, thank you. Next Blitzer, you're up. This is the Lost Dodge, University of Texas. And Bucky, I'm having a big party Saturday night, and I need you to get there early and look sharp. Bucky, I need you to park some cars and <laughs> clean out the women's restrooms. <laughs> thanks, thanks there, Coach. Next Blitzer, you're up. 
This is Alberto Tchaikovsky Crap. I have that effect on women with my vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Shut it down! Let's go home! Well, someone informed us on the text line that there's a, apparently a, a toy that she can have and then somebody else could be controlling it. Oh, no. Like, like really? with their phone or something. Like these say, gadgets. These gadgets. Man. Gadgets these days, I tell you. Wow. We're just trying to enjoy the orchestra. Starts pushing She's the button. just squirming around <laughs> at the event? Wow. Well, you know, some, sometimes you the gotta orchestra do you gotta can do. be boring. Or it can be very stimulating, you know? You just never know whenever that's going to strike you. You, know, you want to hear a song, you see a song, it strikes you, you're crying all of a sudden. Man. Tearing up. Happens. Happens. All right, we'll be back. Final hour of ours on a Tuesday. We'll talk college baseball with Ty Harrington, the return of Tanner Witt, where the Longhorns stand. Also, some other baseball conversation, plus back to the post-draft analysis of the NFL. Where do the Cowboys stand in the NFC and the power ranking of the NFL? We'll pick that conversation back up as well. It's being with you.